Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting as we do every week, especially after a UNC home football game. So, Don, you know, UNC was able to get the win the other day. Uh, pretty big time, you know, just in terms of momentum for the program and for the season. So let's just start there real quick. You know, what were your thoughts on the Heels getting being able to get that win over Pitt? I mean, it's pretty big considering just how things have gone so far with the season. You needed, you, I mean, I guess you could say, you could always say that you need this win and need that win. But I think it just, this one just meant a little bit more to kind of uh, get the, I guess get get the tide going in the right direction. You you have uh, Miami on a short week, which would be an interesting game, a Thursday night game. You have, and then you have Virginia Tech after that, which lost to ODU yesterday. We're we're recording on Sunday, obviously. So um, you know things are, I guess, I don't want to say looking up, but things aren't looking as bad as they were a week or two ago when we're when we're. uh, we're kind of doom and gloom. What, um, well, we were, you were there. We actually, this is, um, John and I, for those who don't know, John and I don't actually get to see each other physically very often. Um, but we were able to, um, just see each other on the sidelines on, on Saturday, which was, which was nice. So, um, but anyway, so what, what, what's your take on the whole situation? Yeah, it, it was great. Great seeing you there, Don. I mean, I realize, you know, I'm not Buck Sanders, your, your, your number <laughs> one squeeze, but there was you know. no kissing of rings. No, but yeah, it was, it was uh, very cool to see you, buddy. And as far as, you know, the, the game itself and the impact, I mean, I talked about this with Ross Martin on the Inside Carolina pregame tailgate show on 97.9 The Hill. And it was just it was as pretty much as close to a must win as the heels can get for this season. Uh, I think it, it shows that Carolina, worst case scenario, will not go winless in the ACC Coastal. And it could be something that really does give the team momentum and confidence as they head into a really tough slate of games. Because like you said, they go to Miami on Thursday and then Virginia Tech comes to Keene Stadium in the game after that. And that loss to ODU notwithstanding, Virginia Tech is still a pretty good football team and they have had Carolina's number here of late. I don't know yeah. if Virginia Tech is a good football team, to be honest. And I, I don't want to be a Virginia Tech hater, but that, that win against Florida State, which at the time looked like a really good win, as we stand today, it doesn't look like a very good win. It looks like Florida State is a, is a very bad team. And yeah. and Virginia Tech, it, it's just we, every year there's games just throughout college football where initially the the perceptions coming out of that game on the two teams that played in the game – your your perceptions change. It reminds me of kind of uh, remember a couple of years ago with um, you know Texas and Notre Dame when they played that game and um, what was it? Notre, uh, Texas won the game and everyone thought maybe Texas is back sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then it turns out that that was the year that, that Notre Dame won like what three or four games. Exactly, they end up not being a very good team. So um, and that was an early season. I think it was the first week, and so I. I so that might be the case with Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, their their defense lost a lot. And, I mean, you know, they have probably the best defensive coordinator in the nation, so they'll get it on track. But uh, I'm not saying North Carolina is going to win against Virginia Tech, but I think that it becomes a lot more of a 
chance that UNC could pull it out, especially since there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, I guess uh, what you would call it. You want to get back at them for some of the some of the things that oh. happened the past couple of years with the, the way the game was played last year, and then also with the recruiting battles and everything like that. Yeah, there's definitely a sense of revenge and getting revenge some... is the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. There's the, hopefully Carolina has a healthy amount of that. But in, you know, and you did mention that Virginia Tech has gotten the better of UNC on some recruiting battles. Uh, one player in particular was Dax Holyfield, mm-hmm. and I think he played yesterday. Um, so he was on the field for that historic loss. Um, <laughs> if there are some Carolina fans still holding on to a you know some some pettiness there, I'm sure that they likely enjoyed that. Yeah, there definitely uh, some because there were some remarks about his brother Jack being being at uh, North Carolina yesterday for the game, which I'm sure we'll get into all the recruits that were on campus. Yeah, well, actually, that's where I was going to lead into. Perfect um, segue. Exactly. Good job, Don. Well, let's go ahead and um and get into that then, buddy. You know, it, with, along with, with the game yesterday being a win, and hopefully it gives the coaches some positivity to sell now for, the, for this UNC program. There were a lot of guys on campus yesterday from the 2019, 20, and even 21 class. Don, I think our listeners probably are most interested in the current year's class, so let's start there with the 2019 guys. You know, go ahead and give us a quick rundown of who were the bigger names on campus. And I tell you what, I was very surprised to hear one of these, and I think you know who I'm talking about. But just in general, who were the the big fish that that you saw? Well, UNC, as we mentioned before, UNC had a bunch of uh, commits on campus, which is always a good thing. And I know it's not the um, I guess what what people want me to talk about too much, so I won't. But having those guys on campus is huge, and I've talked about at at nauseum the past couple of maybe even beyond that uh, podcast just how big that is to help with with recruiting purposes, and also getting those guys on campus just just kind of firms up their commitment. So that that's good. They had about I think it was a half dozen or so um, commits um, on campus, but the ones that you're talking about, UNC actually had two players who are committed to other ACC teams on campus on Saturday. Sam Howe, who's committed to Florida State, four-star quarterback from North Carolina, from uh, Monroe, North Carolina. And C.J. Clark, four-star defensive tackle from uh, North Stanley High School, also in North Carolina. Uh, Both guys were guys who North Carolina was very active with and was uh, um, believed to be, you know, a a player to the very end. And really, with both of them, um, North Carolina was a player to the very end. And uh, it, it's good to get those guys on campus. Absolutely. So let me just let, allow you to elaborate a little bit more. You know, you as the pulse of the fan, when uh, those names, funny story, I know I'm, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but with uh, Sam Howe, you know, we had known about it. But once he actually physically came on campus, we were allowed to to put it out there that he was on campus. And um, it it took me forever. There was some sort of glitch in the in the posting um posting mechanism of the message board and it literally probably took me like 15 or 30 minutes to figure out how what what this glitch was and to get sam sam howe's name onto that post so yeah so he was on campus for about a good 30 minutes before we were able to actually uh post it just because of technical difficulties but john let me just go to my question what was your take when you saw those uh two names pop up on our um visit confirm visitor thread 
I think you have to have a little bit of tempered optimism when it comes to, to those guys, because like you said, Don, it cuts both ways that UNC was a finalist for both players in the sense that it's clear that they both have an affinity for UNC, but they've made a decision on where they want to attend college at once already, and that decision went against the heels. So Larry Fedor and his staff are doing exactly what they should be doing. If the guys are willing to, to come to campus, you've got to get them on campus. Absent, you know, those kind of rare um, situations where, you know, you maybe have a, a kid that's committed to another school and he actually comes to your school to recruit for the rival. Um, it does happen. And, you know, but the coaches are pretty good about fleshing that out. So with these two guys, you know, they're both huge positions of need. I mean, with Sam Howell, especially at quarterback, you and I did that podcast over the summer, Don, where we talked about all the different quarterbacks that UNC had offered and they were going to get on campus. And if you read between the lines there, you know, you and I were basically saying Carolina's going to get one of these guys. We just don't know which one it is, but we expect one of the one of these players that we're talking about to become Tar Heels. And then, uh, lo and behold, none of them became Tar Heels. So Howell is a good four-star guy. I mean, he's by far the best quarterback in North Carolina this year, in my opinion. And if the Heels can somehow swing that, you talk about a huge boost for the in-state and just the recruiting overall. And then CJ as well. I think with with him, it is a big deal, obviously, because he is a defensive lineman. Carolina needs those guys. And uh, CJ is very popular amongst the the, the North Carolina high school players, especially those, those defensive guys. I mean, they know each other. They all talk a lot. And so if Carolina can get CJ, you're talking about a potential domino effect where maybe some other guys that we're interested in UNC. Maybe they become more interested. You get CJ in their ear. Who knows what can happen from there? But, you know, Don, to swing it back over to you, you know, I was just surprised to see both of these guys because they did a really good job of keeping it quiet, what their plans were. So, you know, what's going on in their recruitments? And do you think that a UNC maybe has a potential chance to, to swing these guys or, were these more of just a, hey, it's the home opener, you know, let's just go see what's going on in, in Chapel Hill? Well, I think um, you know, both guys' situations are, are vastly different. With CJ, we've been hinting for probably a good few months that that he has not completely just said, I'm not going to visit any other schools. You know, his one of his very, very good friends is Drew Little, the uh, third best long snapper in the nation who's committed to North Carolina. So Drew and CJ are around each other a lot. Not, they aren't just teammates. They hang out with each other. They um, go to a lot of different events, work out together, that sort of thing. Their families are very, very, very close. Uh, Drew's father is a coach at North Stanley High School. Now, the, the Littles are huge UNC fans. And, and also, C.J. Clark and his family are huge UNC fans too, maybe not to the level of um, the Littles. So there's always going to be that attraction there to North Carolina. Um, so I... What's going to be really interesting with CJ is how NC State responds. Based off what I've been told by multiple people, you know, afterwards and before, NC State was not informed about CJ's visit. 
which is usually it's a big no-no. Usually if, if, if a recruit, if, I'm sorry, if a commit visits another school, they, they let their school know, hey, this is what's going on. This is why I'm doing it, you know, so on and so forth. So with NC State not knowing and basically finding out when most of the UNC fans found out, um, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Because I think that if NC State really kind of lays the hammer down, just knowing CJ, I've known CJ for a very, very long time, probably since he was a freshman, uh, knowing his dad, I don't think they're going to take too kindly if NC State were to approach it in a very negative fashion. Um, and uh, and I think that could wor- work against NC State in that situation. But what I will say, though, is talking to a bunch of different people around CJ, and, and I don't know how the best way to describe this. I think in CJ's mind, he feels like he's not looking around. But I think he is physically looking around. He just hasn't realized that yet. Does that make sense to you, John? Yeah, a little bit. Kind of, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, um, on, the, on that subconscious level, yes. you know, you yeah, just find absolutely. yourself somewhere. <laughs> because I know that he has some interest in also visiting Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so for, for a game. So he basically he's basically you know down to the same situation he was back in June where he was down to North Carolina, Georgia and NC State. Now obviously NC State has the lead here and so it's going to be on NC State to handle this situation properly because if they handle it incorrectly, it could end up burning them and CJ can end up going in a different direction. So as of right now if you were to talk to CJ and I have talked to CJ since since uh since he left on um Saturday He'll tell you that, you know, he's firm to stay. That's where he's going to go. And I really believe that's what he thinks. I just think subconsciously, as as you laid it out, he is kind of looking around a little bit. And at some point, he's going to realize, hey, I'm looking around. Maybe I should start telling people this. Now, go, Sam's is, is a little bit – well, obviously, it's, it's different. Um, we've been – saying for a while, probably as far back as July, that this situation isn't as closed as Sam wants to let on. You know, we, we actually went to Sam's practice in August, sat down with Sam, sat down with, with a couple of his coaches. And on the record, we sat down with Sam, and he you know downplayed everything. He says he's firm to Florida State. Um, I can't remember if he – I think he just said that he didn't have any plans to visit any of the schools. I don't know if he flatly said he wasn't going to visit any of the schools. He downplayed any communication he had with UNC or any other programs. But I can promise you that on Saturday he had a ton of, of, of communication with the UNC staff. They probably went above and beyond with him um, you know, prior to the game and maybe even spoke to him some after the game also. His situation, though, I think it's going to be harder to find information. I've talked to a bunch of different sources, and they're saying, hey, there's a lot to this, a lot more than what's, what's going to be led on. Um, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people are going to point to just how Florida State's doing. I don't think it's that. I think it's more the fact that he's realizing just how far away Florida State is. Now, obviously, he's made a ton of visits there, but it's one thing to make a visit to Florida State, take that drive you know, during the off season where you don't have a whole lot going on. It's another thing to ask your family to make that trip almost every Saturday in the fall when, and, and then also, you know, um, your home, I mean, away games also, you gotta, you gotta, um, consider. And, you know, his dad's a, um, a high school coach. I don't know if he plans on coaching 
while Sam is in college, but if, if he does, and that's going to put another strain on the situation. So there's that aspect to it. I think he also, um, I think that he, he likes the idea of, of being the hometown guy and saving the program. And I think that really you know, North Carolina's quarterback situation hasn't, hasn't been great really since um, Mitch Trubisky left. And I think that Sam looks at it and says, you know, UNC is still a very good program. It just hasn't been able to find that next quarterback. And I can be that guy. And, um, you know, I can be that guy for my home state. And I think that that that's appealing to him. And I think that's going to continue to work in North Carolina's favor. I will say, though, that based off my conversations with with sources and, and I actually hope um, one of the one of the negatives for John and I have to record this on, on Sunday morning just to kind of give a little bit of um, inside baseball sort of perspective. So I haven't had an opportunity to talk to any of the recruits on the record. I usually do a lot of those interviews on Sunday. Um, I have a potentially interview set up uh, to kind of um, clarify the situation with Sam Howe. Hopefully I, that interview comes through. And if I do, it'll be posted as soon as possible on InsideCarolina.com. But um, until I get that interview, um, a lot of stuff is, is going to be speculation and talking to sources and everything. But from the sources that I have spoken to, they have said that you know UNC isn't the only um, player right now, and that there, there are a couple other schools that are involved. So it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. I think that when Sam makes a switch, it's going to be fairly quick. But I think that he has certain things on his checklist that he wants to do first before he makes that switch. Um, obviously, one of those items was uh, visiting North Carolina, which he which he did on Saturday. John, what's your what's your take on all of what I just said? Because a lot of it was uh, has not been said previously. Um, or do you want to go to a um, a commercial break? Yeah, well, let's go ahead and do a quick commercial break, Don. Uh, we love doing these, but this and is then we'll get back with John's take, which is important. Uh, not as important as what the information you give, but I do appreciate it. So to the Inside Carolina podcast listeners, do you need a quick, easy lunch or a tailgate option for the football season? Well, Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill is your place to go for a tasty and efficient dining solution. Our guys at Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill have partnered with Inside Carolina to offer a great deal for the IC podcast listeners. Right now, you can use the code HEELS15 to get 15% off of your order. This is an online promotion only, so go to jerseymikes.com backslash order. It'll show the locations nearest to you. You click the order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter HEELS15 and get 15% off of your whole order. You can use it for lunch, for a small group, or even a big tailgating order. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. Do it today. Place an online order at one of the four Chapel Hill and Hillsborough locations. It's a super easy process. You, you just have to remember Heels 15. The three locations in Chapel Hill are on Elliott Road, off of MLK, right off of I-40, and at the Falcon Bridge Shopping Center on 54. The one in Hillsborough is located off of exit 261 on I-40. Also, be on the lookout for Jersey Mike subs inside of Keenan Stadium this season and with the tailgate guys this fall. And also coming soon, there are two new locations opening in the area, one at Briar Chapel in Chatham County and, and another off of 15501 on the way into Durham. There's no denying that Jersey Mike subs are delicious, so take advantage of this deal and support the IC podcast. All right, Don, so you asked for my take on everything that, that you just said there, and I kind of feel that from based upon what you said, if UNC fans are going to be feeling positive, I, I would 
probably lean more towards feeling good vibes about C.J. Clark than Sam Howell. And that's kind of how I felt even going into the, the, the game and when I learned that both guys were on campus. Because especially with Howell, like you said, Don, he's we've kind of heard through the, the grapevine that if Sam is going to be looking around, if that commitment to FSU is not really the strongest, there are going to be a bunch of other schools trying to get in that race with him. And that's understandable. I mean, he's a four-star quarterback from the South. Uh, he's very, very talented. And the, the the quarterback recruiting, I feel like in the Southeast, especially this season, not really that great. And so a lot of programs are going to be after him. And that just means that the Heels going to have a ton of competition. With CJ, you know, again, I, I think that that does... Uh, that there's a lot to take away there for UNC fan, but it's kind of one of those, one of those things where we have to remember these are 17, 18 year old kids. They are going to explore their options because frankly, that's just the smart thing to do. So I would caution against reading too much into these things and really just let situations play out. And look, if they break Carolina's way, fantastic. If they don't, then I mean, that's, recruiting basically <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent. and you and i off off the um off the podcast last week kind of talked a little bit about tony davis and speaking of overreacting there's been a whole lot of overreacting on him and within the last i guess we'll say 48 hours i've talked to multiple people including tony davis himself and i feel like and i, I mentioned this on on the inside carolina um message board but I feel like the tide is starting to turn with him back towards North Carolina. So for all those people who jumped off the um, the ledge, you jump pre- prematurely. And with recruiting in general, I just let's just be patient and let things let these things kind of play out. Let, and I agree with you. Let the things play out with Sam and let the things play out with, with CJ and see what happens before we start rushing to decisions and looking at crystal ball picks and all that sort of stuff. I, I didn't mean to necessarily interrupt you, John, so I'll let you continue with your thought. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I, I think that we've, we've, we've probably spent enough time out on Howell and, and CJ. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the other guys that were on campus, Don. Were there any other big names from 2019? Or do you want to go ahead and jump to the underclassmen because there were some big names in those classes in Keenan on Saturday? Well, outside of the two that we already mentioned, uh, Ben Kernan is a guy that he hasn't been offered yet. I always treat him as an offer just because he's a specialist and specialist with offers. It's always kind of tricky. North Carolina absolutely loves this kid. If he played any other position, he would have an offer. Um, he's one. I can't remember what his ranking is right now, but he's in the top 10 in the nation at punter. And he's located inside the triangle. Getting him back on campus is huge. He's told me flat out that if UNC were to offer him a scholarship, that uh, um, that he would um, he would jump on it immediately. They right now are offering him a blue shirt, which is he would enroll as a walk on for one semester and then be put on a scholarship for the following spring semester. That's something that he is not completely against, but obviously would prefer a full scholarship. So it's going to be interesting because if another school kind of jumps in and offers him a scholarship, what happens with that? But getting him on campus is huge, especially since Drew Little was there and those guys are close and that specialist community is always pretty close. Um, So, you know, it was really good getting him on campus. But as you mentioned, I mean, there was a ton of underclassmen that UNC has offered 
that were that were on campus. Um, you know, start with the uh, the group of guys from a Mountain Island Charter. Elijah Burris, who UNC offered a few weeks ago, is a running back from the 2020 class. Uh, the staff really likes. There's a lot of really good running backs in the 2020 class, and the staff has decided that this is one of the guys that need to have a scholarship offer. So getting him back on campus is huge. Um, Ray Greer, a four-star wide receiver from uh, South Point in uh, Belmont, North Carolina. He was on campus, spent a lot of time with Tommy Thigpen, which is key. Miles Murphy is a guy I think we talked about a little bit in the in the last podcast. Defensive end who really has only played a, a little bit of football, but is blowing up. He received a, a couple of uh, SEC offers late last week. And, you know, he doesn't have the ranking yet because – a lot of people hadn't seen him until this season. He's only played a couple of games, but you know those couple of games have been huge. And get him on campus early on is big because he's going to be. He's obviously a lot more impressionable than your typical 2020 recruit. Um, you know there was a couple other guys. Um, we mentioned Jack Holy uh, Jack Holyfield, Gavin Blackwell, who's a uh, uh, wide receiver who's, who's going to be highly ranked. He's actually Sam Howell's wide receiver, so having him there is uh is only going to help the situation with Sam um and then if they they can land Sam then that will would help with uh Blackwell um later on on uh, Dontavius Nash is a, a DB from uh 2021 DB from Hunter Huss um Hunter Huss uh, high school should should immediately pop into people's mind that's where Tony Davis goes to school and uh Tony and um and Dontavius are very close so, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's going to be good. And, and not only did Dontavious Nash, but a couple of his teammates who aren't as highly recruited were also on campus. So it's going to be good on Monday when Tony Davis goes to school and three or four of his uh, teammates are there talking about their visit to Chapel Hill and how North Carolina came out the win and how it was a great atmosphere, yada, yada. They talked to the coaches, all this other stuff. And they're going to be sharing that information with Tony Davis. That's only going to help with uh, – UNC's recruiting of Tony Davis, which really is we have we have what like we have less than a month before he makes his verbal commitment. Was there any guys on that list that um, if you if you had a guy a guy or two that really kind of jumped out to you that that surprised or that was good for good to see on campus? Well, I think Galvin Blackwell was the main one there, Don, because he's already ranked on two four seven sports on the composite as a five star kid. Now that's yeah. way way in advance. And some of that is just because the, the small sample size of the rankings and everything yeah. like that. But yeah, but I mean, he's going to be highly ranked for sure. I don't think he's going to be a five star, but he'll be highly ranked. Yeah, and you I mean that you know, anytime you can get a guy that projects to be, even if it is early you're still looking at someone that is going to be, you know, like you said, maybe not a five-star, but probably in that high four-star range. So that was the one that immediately stood out to me. Now, the other two were Ray Greer, who you mentioned, and then Jack Holyfield. Uh, those were kind of the, the other two big names that I was very, very happy to see on campus. And, you know, it's it's a kind of a, a cliche, but it still rings true that in recruiting, the best thing you can do is to get these kids on campus as much as possible, get mm-hmm. them as much exposure as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, it was important that the, that the team did get the win. I know Don, you've said in the past that, um, you know, wins and losses recruits don't really care too, too much about it. But I think this season, given the direction that the heels were trending, the fact that these recruits are able to see the heels actually get their first win of the season 
was a huge positive. Now, unfortunately, there was a bit of a negative. The home crowd, Don, was sparse. And, you know, I think that yeah, there and I think are... we, need, we need to talk about that a little bit because a lot of people yeah. are blaming on, on Hurricane, um, Hurricane Florence. And I agree. It definitely factored in. But if we could magically just say that Hurricane Florence did not happen, what would that crowd look like on Saturday your, your, by your guess? I think there would have been maybe 5,000 more people there. Um, Which I is mean, still not, it's still, it's still, you know, wasn't, wouldn't have been a great turnout for a home no, opener. No, not at all. I mean, I saw, you know, there were some back and forth on the message boards. Some people thought that there were over 30,000 people there. I, I didn't see that. I think there were maybe 25. I think 30,000 yeah. would be exceedingly generous to me. Yeah. That was closer to 25. And after halftime, <laughs> I'd be surprised if it was closer to 20. Uh, it was yeah, sad and to I don't, see. I don't, I know this is, I probably shouldn't get into this conversation. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand why people leave at halftime. I mean, is there, do you have an explanation for that? I really don't. And it's the same thing where after the game, I mean, immediately when Carolina was taking the, the knees to go ahead and run out the clock, you see the same thing. Fans just stream out, out of the exit. I, well, mean, I can understand that a little bit because they're trying to beat traffic. The game is already, already you know, decided. But at I, halftime, the 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 game was still up in the air. What was going to happen? You yeah, know, yeah. and the halftime is is definitely worse because I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, basically at that point you're just saying I'm out, and there yeah. were still. A lot of football to be played, and Carolina pulled out the the close one. I guess with the whole beating traffic thing, I mean, normally if it's a full stadium, okay, maybe the you know three minutes that you're getting a jump start on everybody is that can be beneficial. But yesterday, I mean, what traffic were, were people going to be stuck in exactly? Because we, my group, stayed around for the uh, for for everything, um, and you know we kind of zipped right out. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I don't, I didn't think the traffic was all that bad. And then the other thing too, with it being a, a twelve twenty kickoff, you know, you don't have to leave early to get your kids in, in bed on time sort of thing. You know, um, you know, unless you live really, 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 really far away, you're getting home easily by, um, by dinner time, if not a little bit after dinner time, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, in, in general, though, Don, I mean, I, I think with the crowds, it, it's just indicative of, I think, the fan mentality to the season and, you know, how things are going under Coach Larry Fedora right now. Yeah. And let's be honest. I mean, right now, Fedora is in very much a prove it mode to the fans. And given how the season started 0-2 with the embarrassing loss to ECU, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I can understand to a degree people saying, look, I'm not going to take time out of my day to go see this product on the field that just did this against ECU. You know, Coach Rador is going to have to basically win me back. And I don't think anyone is going to be swayed necessarily by the pit game. It is important because it finally gets a win. It gives the team something to show that, hey, you know, we can get results from all the blood, sweat and tears that we that we gave over the summer. But at the same time, Pitt was not a very good football team. They beat no, they Georgia. Weren't. Yeah, they they beat Georgia Tech, which okay is good, but I don't think Georgia Tech's a very good football team this year either. No, they were they were spanked by Penn State, which um, Penn State's a, a really good team. I, I just I never I never felt like uh, 
I really even coming in the season, I didn't feel like Pitt was a very good team. I th- and I really kind of count this as a as a win, even though UNC um, Pitt was favored in this game by like three, weren't they? Yeah, the Pitt Pitt had uh, a I think it was three and a half. Yeah. So on a neutral field, you know that would have been would've closer been to a touchdown, uh, closer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So and I I just I was really surprised by that. Now the other thing too to think about, and this is obviously a topic for for Greg and and Buck, but you know, the UNC's um, suspended players are going to slowly start to come back yep. and it should only help this season. Oh, yeah, that's going to be huge. Um, let, let's actually talk about that in just a second, Don, because I wanted to get in our uh, I wanted to get in this for our friends at a way to go travel. Are you looking for a simple, easy and better way to travel to UNC football or basketball road games? Well, now is your chance. Heels Travel has partnered with Inside Carolina to provide easy and simple travel for select UNC away games. Chuck Joyce, the president of A Way to Go Travel, is a Greensboro native and a diehard Carolina fan. He wanted to find a better, easier, and more efficient way to get fans to away games. So right now, Heels Travel is selling packages to get you to the Virginia game in Charlottesville on October 27th. It's a one-day bus trip from Chapel Hill. The leaves should be changing, and it's a great chance to check out a cool town and cheer on the heels. It makes the process easy. You get the ride with other diehard UNC fans, and you don't have to worry about parking or having to drive. It's a win-win for you. You can visit heelstravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. Also right now, Heels Travel is selling packages for the UNC basketball games in Las Vegas over Thanksgiving weekend. There's no better, better way to spend the holiday than watching the Tar Heels play two games in the desert and enjoy everything Las Vegas has to offer. The package includes a round-trip airfare from RDU, round-trip transportation from the airport to the hotel, and a three-night stay at the Aria Resort and Casino. So visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. Okay, Don, so let's get back to, to the recruiting and let's kind of start to wind things down just a little bit. You know, in terms of recruiting, so we talked last week uh, the, about the fact that the Heels, you know, they lost that home game playing against UCF. We'll see if they actually decide to try to make up a home game later on in the season. I think that discussion is still ongoing in, in the AD's office and, you know, we'll just see what ultimate decision is made. But as far as Carolina goes, the next home game is now not until Virginia Tech during the week of, I believe that's the 13th of October. So yeah, there's a pretty big gap here now between home games for Carolina. Don, what do you think the the crowd, the uh, recruiting crowd is going to be like for Virginia Tech? Do you think that that's going to be another big group of guys and if you can, you know, look into your crystal ball just a little bit. Um, who do you think might try to be on campus for that Virginia Tech game? Well, I think it's going to be a good group just because it's Virginia Tech. I think you're going to see a lot of um, commits who are looking at both schools, or particularly Virginia Tech. That, that's what, what has happened in the past. You get some Virginia guys who might have a mild interest in UNC, but obviously have an interest in Virginia Tech, and it's close somewhat close relatively close to um, make the trip down to Chapel Hill uh, I also expect a good a, amount of um, of commits I know um, Kamari Morales who lives in Tallahassee Florida who's been committed to North Carolina to a tight end um, out of Lincoln High School he has told me that that's the game that he's target to come up to I think you'll see the you know the normal guys like uh, Giovanni Biggers will probably make all of UNC's home games um, Drew Little Coleman Reich um, you know, and then I, I think you'll see some underclassmen as we talked about a bunch, 
you know, um, in, in plenty of podcasts, you know, the underclassmen are going to be the key. There's a couple of guys who um, UNC has recently just offered, um, you know, it's a pair of linebackers, one from the 2021 class and 2020 class from Vance High School, which is one of the uh, top um, uh, high school programs in, in the state. They're, you know, kind of under that tier underneath the Mallow Creeks and the um, Wake Forest Highs, but a very good program where Miles Dorn actually played at. Um, they're considering that weekend. Um, and there's a couple other, uh, other underclassmen. I, I think we, I won't have a good grasp on, on what 2019 targets will visit until closer to that day. But, um, I think, you know, it's safe to say you'll get the commits and then you'll get a bunch of underclassmen, um, that, uh, UNC has offered and, uh, uh and really it, it, I think it will be a good crowd. I really do. I think, um, you know, that's going to be one of the better better weekends as far as uh visitors just because it's just because of the, the the team that they're playing and really if north carolina can pull up the upset of, of miami it's it should be a pretty good group oh yeah if, if carolina somehow does win down in uh in miami on thursday night on on espn yeah you're gonna see keenan have a lot bigger crowd than we saw against pitt and hopefully though there's not a lot of virginia tech fans because they do travel they do there's, yeah, and there, there's always. And been I don't a lot know if them. I've mentioned this on the um, on the podcast before, but I am I am married to a Hokie. Yeah, I, I think maybe you mentioned that last season, Don. But you know, okay. it's always good to good to go ahead and, his memory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just remind everybody of that. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, yeah. all right. So, in my defense, she's not like a huge, huge fan. She couldn't she couldn't tell you who the head coach is or anything like that. But she does have <laughs> relatives who are very, very big diehard. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech fans, so I got to deal with that during uh, family events. But anyway, oh no, proceed. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, and actually get your predictions done on this. And you know, without giving a specific name, you don't have to if you don't want to. But just out of the group that was in Keenan Stadium for the game against Pitt, do you think Carolina fans should be maybe expecting any commitment alerts coming out? Or do you think that that's still some time away before some of these guys end up making their decision? Are you talking about the 2019 guys or 2020s? Let's uh, let's include both because, I mean, look, 2020 guys are, are doing, you know, they're giving commitments out now earlier than they than they ever have. And um, let's include both classes just to make it interesting. Well, with the 2020s, I feel like North Carolina has a really good shot with a lot of those guys. Yeah, you, know, hmm. you know Elijah Burris is one who I think um, the staff really really likes, um, and they really did their due diligence. I think they have a great shot with uh, Ray Greer, although that's going to be a battle. Um, but really, if I'm going to, if you want me to give you one, you know, I, I'd have to go with Sam Howe. And I know that's going to surprise you, but I, I think that um, you, we've been hearing stuff for a few months now that 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 this situation isn't as settled as it's perceived by a lot of people and and, and what uh sam will say in the public but um you know finally we saw some um i guess actual physical evidence of that there, there's a there's a chink in the armor and there's rumors that that it's more than just a chink that that he might not be that he might have already decommitted from florida state i mean who knows i mean i i don't know because uh that's not what the word coming out of florida state is but um or even from from sam so um I think that uh, 
you know that that situation has has a, a good chance of turning in UNC's favor. My opinion on this can change in you know in 24 hours for sure. But I think <laughs> as we stand today, Sunday morning, um, you know we're you know after just with the conversation I've had, I think North Carolina has a has a shot at, at pulling him pulling him out. And I really at this point, whether it's North Carolina or someone else, I. I almost want to kind of say that uh, I'd be surprised if Sam ends up signing with Florida State based off what I've been hearing the, the past um, well, this week or so. Well, Don, can I uh, give you a little bit of, of a, a good, friendly-natured ribbing here about Sam sure. Howell? Sure. Just please don't put him in your next mock class because <laughs> – That's fine. Well, hey, I can't make any promises <laughs> on that. But I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. My mock classes have been horrible this year. Uh, it's oh, right. my God. And, like, the worst part is, is well, there's some people who, you know, uh, talk poorly about my predictions. Um, but then there's some people who just want me to do another one as soon as possible. And, uh, yeah, no, it's been, well, it's been really brutal. It's all right. I mean, look, you, we cannot say how many caveats there are to recruiting. I mean, but in years, in prior years, I haven't done so bad. So that's why it's just blowing my mind that it's just, I I would hate to look at what my percentages, I really would. I mean, it has to be under like 10%, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You might be losing out on that bonus check from Buck, man. Isn't that what it is? Is, you know, if you get 50%, right. You know, Buck just uh, gives you that nice big Christmas bonus. Uh, I, I hope not, uh, because <laughs> at this point I'm probably getting nothing. So um, get coal inside yeah, Carolina yeah, brand coal. Coal. I'll just get a package of coal. Yeah. Oh man. So, I mean, yeah. it, but you know, I think that's kind of indicative, though, Don, of just recruiting nowadays and really how it's going to be moving forward. I, and I mean, it's uh, it really is changing. And I think though that, that overall, you know, Carolina getting two guys and Tommy Thigpen and Robert Gillespie on this staff, you know, I think that that is going to be a big time boon to the to their. If I could re- jump in, I, I agree. And I think that we're starting to see a little bit of the effects of Tommy Thigpen, because really? if if you look at now, um, Keith Eckendorf is a lead guy when it comes to Sam Howe, just because Sam Howe is a quarterback. But where does where does Sam Howe fall into the territory wise recruiting wise? Do you know? No, it would be Thigpen, right? Because he's outside Tommy of Thigpen. yeah, he's yes. outside of the Charlotte area. Yes, exactly. And also, uh, C.J. Clark falls in Chris Kapilovic's area, and he's a defensive lineman. So Deke Adams is involved, but Tommy Thigpen's also involved with that because he recruited Quan Sturdivant, and Quan Sturdivant is cousins to uh, C.J. Clark's father. Mm. And so um, Thigpen has a relationship, I believe, that goes as far back as Quan Sturdivant with, um, yeah. with C.J. Clark's dad. So Thigpen's, you know, he's having some some effects here. And there's a couple other situations I can't think of off the top of my head that recently were just like, I was thinking, man, look at all of this, this Thigpen effect. I mean, Thigpen is, oh, um, the other one is Tony Davis. I mean, from what I've been told by sources is that the reason why North Carolina is all of a sudden getting some momentum with Tony Davis after it seemed like everything was trending towards Duke is Tommy Thigpen has really just been applying the pressure and, and just going in and you know, working overtime on Tony Davis. I mean, he wants Tony Davis. And if North Carolina gets Tony Davis, it's going to be because of Tommy Thigpen. 
Mm. Well, you know, we were all very, and I say we as I think fans in general were very encouraged when Tommy Thigpen decided to return to Chapel Hill. I mean, I think, you know, the positive vibes on the message board were like 99.9%. And, you know, this is, is the kind of stuff that the average fan just doesn't really hear about, Don, because obviously we're not going through this every single day. We don't have, have the sources. And again, speaking as we just in general Carolina fans, but you're the it's great of the to, fan. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know, and but it, it's great to hear that, you know, Carolina, you can have this identity of someone in your head. Like with Gunter Brewer, everyone kind of thought, hey, he's a great recruiter, but it was just kind of an abstract thought. And so it's great to hear kind of that more solid evidence because, like you said, I mean, with, with Tommy Thigpen, knowing Quan, who's a cousin of a recruit's father, you know, that that's never really going to come to light unless it gets put out there like like you just did which everyone i mean i know i certainly appreciate it because i had no clue but you know that's kind of the other things that recruiting does sometimes come down to is it's I do, all about I those i do want to point out a lot of this stuff we do put on the message board not not all of it um some of it just doesn't have a place to fit in but you know there's a lot of this stuff does come out and and really what i try to do because i completely understand where you're coming from with all this um, and some of it is, I mean, unless you're reading every single thread, you're not going to catch everything. It's just, it's just impossible. So what I try to do is we, we post, and I'm sure you've read them, the inside the commitments, yeah. which usually come out, you know, a little bit after. We used to try to get them to come out right after a kid commits, but, you know, so you, commits nowadays come in bunches, so it's so hard to do that. And we want to spend a lot of quality time talking, re-talking to sources who are a little bit more open after the fact than they are while the situation's going on. But we put it all together in a package that we called Inside the Commitments. We posted a bunch of them uh, the past few weeks, which kind of gives you the inside look and, and gives you some of these details that um, get over either are, are missed or maybe we didn't get an opportunity to talk about. Um, but really, you know, if, if you read our, our stuff, you know, a lot of our stuff with the um, you know, state of recruiting, the uh, even the mock classes, we, um, we break down some of the stuff, kind of throw in those tidbits also. Yeah, but it's so much more fun to speculate, you know. Yes, and and, yes. and 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 just know that that stuff ahead of time, and be like, "Oh man, Tommy Thippen knows knows Quan. Nah, he's come to Carolina." It's so much more fun to just have that mentality, and yeah. then be disappointed. It's like well, gambling. I mean, you know, you can you can go in there and put and put a nickel into the slot machine, and you know, you're just hoping to to hit hit, hit the jackpot, even though it's you know probably never going to happen. So yeah, but look, exactly. I get it. It's, yeah. It's uh, human nature, but all right, Don. Well, let's go ahead then and wrap this one up then, man. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me after, you know, working hard and cataloging all those guys that, that were on campus yesterday. So uh, if, it, if everyone's listening to this, as Don mentioned, we are recording on Sunday. The stories and interviews will continue to take place. So just yeah, be we, mindful yeah, of just, that. If I could jump in, um, the, the main guys who visited over the weekend, a lot of them that we, we spoke about, we our goal is to have stories on all those guys. Now it doesn't always happen that way, just because some recruits will make themselves available. But um, you know, I have it from what I have scheduled so far. We're looking pretty good as far as um, some of the content that's going to come out this week. So um, if you're listening to this, definitely check out every day this week on Inside Carolina. We'll have a bunch of stories from recruits' um, reactions from Saturday's game and and their experiences on campus. 
Nice. Well, hey, I think that that's a great place to go ahead and end things for this podcast on. Thanks again, and we'll be talking uh, before the Virginia Tech game, but definitely, you know, everyone kind of circle that one, and we'll see if the Heels can get another big group of guys on campus. But, Don, really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, No problem. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now.